I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 50-50 Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host. And boys, we got back-to-back guest appearances. Uh, today, we have a very special je- uh, guest joining us. It's Tyler Health from TikTok and Instagram. Uh, Tyler, introduce yourself to the, uh, the 50-50 family. How's it going, everyone? Thanks for having me on. Uh, excited to be here talking fantasy football. Excited for the season. We're so close. So close. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm on TikTok. Like you said, that's my biggest platform right now. Just living the dream, talking fantasy football every day. It's it's fun. So I'm excited to be here and uh, chatting with you guys. Awesome, man. And we might as well kind of let the audience know what we're talking today. So each of us have selected three players that uh, we think are buys or sells for before week one. So these are guys that we think are going to have big week ones and their value is going to skyrocket or guys we think might have some weaker week ones than the others and, and that their value is going to plummet. So we're going to go through three guys each. Um, but Mike, would you like to start off with your first guy here tonight? Yeah, sure, man. Um, my first guy, I'm going to keep it to Michael Pittman Jr. on the Indianapolis Colts. Um, this is a guy that the off season was pretty hyped up. We talked about him uh, in our division preview for the AFC South. Um, but I think just kind of between mid August to now, his ADP has really skyrocketed. Uh, you've really seen his rank go up, uh, right now he's kind of in and around that 30th spot. I remember, uh, towards the beginning of the year though, you were able to get him closer to that fourth round. Now you can see him even being drafted over guys like Keenan Allen. So, He's really um, skyrocketed up there. And I think that just from the week one perspective, I feel like he might have a very strong week one um, and then might maybe struggle. Uh, they have a little bit of a tougher schedule in the middle um, of their season. So as far as Michael Pittman goes, it's a guy that I wouldn't maybe sell after week one, but I feel like his value will either go up like crazy or up like down. 
up like down up like down yeah <laughs> go that, up make, down? that makes any sense that makes <laughs> any sense at all it. yeah man Pittman is a guy that I think I think he's got a pretty high floor I don't mm-hmm. think there's really much bust potential for Pittman he's really the only pass catcher in that offense that's going to be primarily dealt the ball so I think he's got a low floor but like you said he's got the ability to blow up this week one and that definitely makes him a buy here that you want to grab before the first week of football. Uh, but Tyler, we're, we're going to turn it over to you now. Who is your first buy or sell for pre-week one? Yeah, my my first buy is going to be Marquise Brown. He's been a guy that I've been very high on. Um, a lot of people don't understand how good Marquise Brown is just because he's played in an offense that's been one of the run-heaviest team top three in run percentage. Um since Lamar Jackson's be- became the quarterback there. Um, so with Marquise Brown, he's one of five wide receivers over the past two seasons to see a 25% target share. Uh, the other guys are Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, um, Devontae Adams, and I believe Tyreek Hill. So, I mean, that's, or I think, yeah, Deontay Johnson just missed the cutoff. So, I mean, you're talking about your elite guys. And what we know about target share is that target share is really predictive when you're looking at fantasy football stats. Uh, so week one, he gets Kansas city who lost, uh, Trevavius. I don't know how to say his first name, uh, Ward, uh, their top cover corner over there in Kansas city. They lost Tyron Matthew. They replaced them with, uh, McDuffie, who is a, uh, zone corner, but he's also a rookie and probably not going to be very good week one. So, in this spot, maybe no Zach Ertz. I think that Marquise Brown, we are we already know that D Hop uh isn't going to be playing for the first six uh six games of the season. I just think that Marquise Brown's in a really good spot as six point underdogs in this game already, six and a half, that they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot. Really a very good wide receiver, and I think he's gonna show a lot of people this year how good he is. So I I think of the public is just not there with him. And I honestly think that he has wide receiver one potential back end wide receiver one potential this season so he, he's my buy I, lo- I love that take yeah Marquise Brown he's a guy that I think like you said people just haven't quite bought in on him being a wide receiver one yet even though we've seen the flashes even in a very run ha- run happy offense for some reason people just aren't buying and I think like you said week one Kyler's gonna go into him hot and heavy and I think that potential is gonna kind of click in a lot of people's minds um but we'll go to to my first guy here. My first guy is also a buy, and that is a running back out of Denver, Javante Williams. No doubt in anyone's mind how talented this guy is, and I don't think anyone has had any concerns with that throughout this offseason process. But there's been a lot of conversation about Melvin Gordon coming back and how Melvin Gordon's going to be a big part of this offense still. And I frankly just don't think that's going to happen. Denver went out. They made the move to go get Russell Wilson. They're here to win football games now. And who's going to do that for them? It's Javante Williams, not Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon will mix in and kind of lighten the load for Javante so that he lasts the whole season. But in no way do I see Melvin Gordon hindering the Javante Williams fantasy upside this season. I think he's a guy that comes out and commands a 70% carry share. And as soon as everyone sees that, it's off to the races, baby. Javante Williams is the guy, and everyone will be wanting him after that first week when they see that he is the number one in Denver. Yeah, Mace, nice. I totally agree with you on that one. Uh, he's a guy we've talked about uh, extensively on the pod many times. Uh, this whole 50-50 split in Denver, 
Uh, the Twitter hype has really gotten out of hand. Um, Javante Williams is the better running back, and that's all that needs to be said. Um, but I agree with you. It should be 70-30 by the first few weeks. Um, my next guy is also a buy. And, so uh, I got a question real quick. Oh, go for it, Tyler. Uh, a boat? Is that Canadian? Are you Canadian? About, we both are Canadian. We're, we are Canadian. Oh, yes. okay. <laughs> yeah, there we, we are. That's crazy. Nice. I, I don't even notice it, man. I don't even notice that. <laughs> that's funny. Right, that's awesome that you guys are, are NFL fans. Cool. Yeah, man. Of course, bro. Hockey yep. and football. Hockey and football. There you go. The there you go. There you yeah. go. Nice. <laughs> but uh, the next guy here is the first quarterback we're going to talk about today. And uh, it's not a guy that many people are looking at this year as a fantasy relevant quarterback, but uh, he's a guy I've always loved. It's Derek Carr. Um, and he is by far, and by far, I mean the biggest recipient of the Devontae Adams trade. Uh, this is a guy that really has never had that bad of a quarterback year as far as football standards go. Um, he's really been, he's been over 65% completion rate the five, last four full seasons. And he really has not had that number one X receiver. Uh, since Amari Cooper left. Um, and I really think that this is his year that he's going to hit the 30 touchdown rate again. He's being drafted at the consensus QB 14, 15. And it's really going to be hard for him to kind of like top guys like Lance Stafford, uh, Russ and Dak in the rankings. But it, I would not be genuinely surprised if Derek Carr is a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year, uh, just because Devontae Adams not only will bring in fantasy value, but he's also going to open the field up for all the guys there too. He's going to give Darren Waller a break that he'll never have ever in his career before that. Uh, Hunter Renfro is going to have more room in the middle. Uh, I even think Josh Jacobs will have more room now. So I just think that this guy isn't being talked about nearly enough. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks, like me and May said, and I think the last two, uh, there is 16 fantasy quarterbacks that I have no issue starting this year. And Derek Carr, for me, is probably in the top 12 of that. And I think that, I, I genuinely would not be shocked if he finishes top 10 this year. Yeah. Well, that that's perfect segue into my next one and that's Trey Lance. Um, and I'll say with, you know, kind of going off, it's Eric Carr um, like him and Kirk cousins. I kind of look in the same lens with, with guys that you're looking in terms of pocket passing quarterbacks, you're looking for an outlier season in terms of touchdown percentage. And I mean, it's, it's very, easy to see um it's it's well within the realm of possibilities that both these guys could have outlier seasons in terms of touchdown percentage because of the offense um so i do like him but for me my guy is trey lance and i've been very very high on trey lance now there is a chance that trey lance just isn't very good but i also think that trey lance could be maybe not good in real life football but could be extremely good in terms of fantasy football and the reason being is when you look at quarterbacks, um, running quarterbacks, when they get over 100 rushing attempts in the season, uh, these guys are finishing as top top six quarterbacks in terms of points per game nearly 90% of the time. So in the two games that we saw Trey Lance last year, he, that he started, played a full game. He had 24 rushing attempts, 12 per game. And that's well over 100 rushing attempts for the season. I think that's very well within the realm of possibilities. When you're looking at him, I compare him to Jalen Hurts of last year. Um, he's walking into a better situation than what Jalen Hurts was last year. Better coaching staff, better players around him, better talent. The overall roster's uh, more talented. And I think that Trey Lance is more talented. So I think that Trey Lance has legit top five upside at the quarterback position because of the rushing potential there in that offense. So 
for me, I don't think that the public's quite there, kind of like Marquise Brown. I honestly have him ranked as quarterback seven heading into the season, and there's a bunch of guys that I would take him over, um, and I don't think a lot of people truly understand the league-winning upside that Trey Lance possesses. Yeah, and unfortunately, I might be part of that group that has slept on Trey Lance throughout this offseason. Uh, I must admit, I've, I've kept my projections of him very conservative. However, that stat there, you said, so about 90% of quarterbacks that rush 100 times or more in a season, or sorry, about 90% of the time that they go for 100 yeah, carries or the only more, guy they become a top six. Is, is uh, I believe the only person was Cam Newton when he was in New England. Okay. He, yeah, he it just wasn't a good situation. Like he couldn't even throw the football anymore. Yeah, so. he couldn't throw the football anymore. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. anyone that's had a rotator cuff and yeah. ran 100 times as a quarterback <laughs> has ended top six pretty exactly. much. So you think about it, that's only 5.8 carries per game. I think Trey Lance smashes that. I think yeah. we're looking at more eight, nine, ten. I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, closer to 130, 140 rushing attempts. Uh, like, I hate to compare it to this because it's the greatest season we've seen of all time. But I mean, I do think that I don't want to put him in that same realm, but I would not be shocked if he has not the, the year Lamar has, but if he's close to that, just because of the re- rushing potential that he possesses, how good of an athlete he is on top of just the offense, like he's surrounded by really, really good offensive talent here. Like much better than what Jalen hurts was last year. And Jalen hurts had the year he had because of the rushing. Like it was solely, I mean, he had 3,100 passing yards and 16 passing touchdowns. Yeah. It was quarterback six and points per game because of the rushing rushing is just an absolute cheat code. Unless you adjust, which a lot of leagues are kind of doing, they're adjusting um, the scoring to kind of offset uh, the rushing potential guys. But yeah. I love Trey. Awesome, man. Some nice analysis there, but we do have to move on uh, to my second guy now, and uh, that's going to be Elijah Mitchell. Another guy that I think is going to benefit from finally getting to show he is the bell cow in his backfield and uh, kind of like a part of the reason you like Trey Lance. I just think this is going to be a productive offense in general. I think they're going to run the ball a lot still. They're, they're going to be efficient when they do run the ball. And guess what? They're a team that, doesn't stop once they're up Shanahan will keep running ball down your throat he's not going to try to he's not going to just take the third downs whatever punt away he's going to be attacking all game long and Elijah Mitchell is going to be a guy that benefits from that we saw Sermon cut who to me was kind of the main concern a couple months ago at least is oh maybe Sermon's out of the doghouse now maybe he kind of breaks in TDP had his uh his 10 minutes of fame in training camp where everyone thought he was the two so now we're back to just Jeff Wilson Jeff Wilson's the only guy there, and I honestly think unless a Mitchell injury happens, which could potentially happen, um, I think Mitchell's an absolute buy here before week one, and maybe some of uh, some of that injury risk you can mitigate after week one by grabbing Jeff Wilson off the waiver wire. So I think the risk with Elijah Mitchell can be easily mitigated, where his upside, you're probably spending a second-round pick to have gotten him in the draft. So I think Elijah Mitchell is a guy right now at an all-time low in value. Yeah, Mace, totally agree with you on that one. Um, we were both kind of the same uh, preseason, early August on Elijah Mitchell. I think the Trey Sermon concern was real. Uh, but now you're looking at a guy, Trey Sermon's gone, and Mitchell is the lead guy there. Uh, he's still being drafted around RV 22-21 area. You're looking at Josh Jacobs, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson. So in my opinion, there's really, it's a no-brainer pick just to grab Elijah Mitchell there. Uh, so I totally agree with you on that pick. 
And uh, my next guy, I'm going to actually open the discussion here to Tyler, since you're my, our guest this uh, week. Um, it's the Miami receiving core. Um, and the question is, who do you think will be the better value uh, between Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill at their ADP? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, tough, and, eh? uh, yeah, I don't really like either or. Um, I'd probably go with Tyreek just because like we know that Tyreek is just such a dynamic player. I mean, Jalen Waddle is a really good player too, but like you're talking Tyreek where he's absolutely like game breaking. The speed is, is crazy. It's just the issue for me is just Jalen or Tua's arm, like just does not have zip on the ball. I know that, you know, in training camp, oh, he's made a couple big throws, but I just don't, I don't think that he's going to be able to push the ball down the field as much. I mean, hopefully he's hitting these guys in stride and slants and they can make, you know, some really big plays. Uh, I think that Mike McDaniel is going to do the best um, he can in putting these guys in good positions, but it's tough. I'm not a big fan of either. I'm, I must admit. Yeah. You want to chime in here, Mace? Yeah. And I, I think cause me and Mike, we both kind of had, we actually put both Dolphins receivers individually as cells. <laughs> so uh, we've I, I've pivoted away, but Mike's going to be talking about uh, Tyreek Hill here. And I, I'm with you, Tyler. I just don't see them being able to move the ball in a way that is going to benefit Tyreek on a game-to-game basis. There's going to be those games, like you said, where Tua has those flash-in-the-pan throws where he does hit the long bomb. I don't think it's going to happen consistently enough to, uh, to, to make Tyreek a game-to-game value at, at where he's currently going. Yeah, and that kind of makes my point easier to kind of clarify on. And I just kind of see Tyreek Hill at where he is, uh, wide receiver eight, around 23 overall. And this is a guy last year finished wide receiver six in points per game. Uh, So now you're drafting him two spots below where he finished, and he's going from uh, Tua to Patrick Mahomes. So I think that drop-off should be a lot more severe. I personally don't think Tyreek should be – uh, above guys like Mike Evans, AJ Brown, or Michael Pittman. And it's not because of him. And we, we said that before. And it, I love Jalen Waddell. And I feel like I really did not like the trade that they made because it really ruins both of their fantasy implications for us as players. Uh, you're looking at two guys who are electric players, but now are going to be struggling uh, with the same quarterback. And I just don't see Tua being able to not even support like one of these guys really for a full uh, top 10 wide receiver season. And it's just a guy that it's sad to see Tyree kill kind of going here because I feel like he still had a few more years of really fantasy relevance. And I just don't see him being worth that wide receiver eight pick. I'd rather take Mike Evans floor and AJ Brown ceiling and Pittman ceiling uh, and even Keenan Allen's floor over Tyree kill. And I really just think that a lot of people might kind of trade for him if he has a big week one, I don't think he will, though, because I believe they're playing the Patriots. Uh, so I think that might just be a little bit of a dogfight that game. But I just don't see Tyree Kill really being worth that pick. And it's a guy that I've actually been staying away from in pretty much all my leagues. Yeah, no, I, I agree. For where he's currently going, I mean, I, I don't have many shares of uh, exposure to him. Uh, so my next player that I'm going to be trading for, and these are just three guys that have been extremely high on all season. Um, it's Travis Etienne. And the the thing with Travis Etienne right now is especially because James Robinson reportedly um, should be good to go for week one. A lot of people are looking at James Robinson and, and kind of thinking that he's going to be heavily involved in this offense. And for me, I just don't, I don't believe it. And the reason being is I, I love James Robinson, but he's coming off of 
a Achilles tear that we just see historically. These guys do not come back and produce fantasy football points. They just don't. So he's going to have to be an outlier. Could he? Absolutely. But I think that Travis Etienne is um, – a lot of people forget that he is one of the best running back prospects that we have seen come out of college. His athletic, uh, athletic score is 99th percentile right there with Najee Harris, Saquon Barkley, Brees Hall. Um, his receiving production in college, some of the best that we've ever seen. Now he's playing with his college quarterback and Travis or uh, Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. What we've seen from Doug Peterson, a lot of people will say, well, he hasn't had a running back and that, and that's true in his offenses. But when you're looking at guys like Miles Sanders, he's still not the running back in his offense, Darren Sproles, Jay Ajayi, like they're not near the talent level that Travis Etienne is. And another thing with um, Doug Peterson that we've seen is, his teams have been top 10 in play rate. So he's been a, it's been a fast paced offense that throws the ball at a top 10 rate as well. So that's why we like Travis Etienne is because of the receiving upside. So for me, I think a lot of people are kind of hesitating a little bit on Travis just because of the return of James Robinson, where I just don't think it's going to be that big of a factor for season long. Yeah, I'm with you. Travis Etienne Coming out of college, I liked him more than Najee. I liked him more than Javante. He was a stunning prospect. Had an unfortunate injury, which for some reason has made everyone forget how talented he is. Just because we didn't get to see him in NFL action last year. But this is a guy that, like you said, was an elite prospect. He's coming with his college QB. and It's going to be comfortable dropping the ball down to him, which we all know the receiving creates the upside of a, of a fantasy running back. Um, and James Robinson it was just a guy. He was an undrafted free agent. They have never invested anything in him. If he disappears, he disappears. They would not care. Whereas it's not the fact with ETN. ETN's a guy they went up and traded up and got uh, in the first round last year. And it's a guy that they purposely paired with Trevor Lawrence. So I think it's going to be kind of like a Javante situation where people just need to see it. Once they see that it's ETN and James Robinson is just the backup, it's going to change everyone's view on him after week one. Um, but on to my last guy, and it's going to be my first sell, and that is Cam Akers. So this is a, a guy that also coming off an Achilles injury that, like Tyler mentioned, historically – they don't play good football afterwards. It just zaps you of your explosiveness, uh, your your juking ability. It really hurts a running back specifically. Um, this is a guy that when he was out, his backup, who is still there, performed at a great level. He did everything he had to last year for the Rams to hold that position down. And then not to mention, even when Cam Akers came back, which will give him a little bit of leeway on, because it was an absurdly quick recovery from that injury, but he did look terrible. He really did not look good. It looked like his explosiveness was zapped. So this is a, an offense that I think is going to be going to a committee backfield. I think week one, we see acres at most get three carries more than Henderson would be my prediction. And I think ultimately the Rams in the back of their mind, all they're looking at is back-to-back -back rings and they're going to need their whole team healthy. And the only way you're going to keep this backfield healthy is by splitting it up, I think. So I think the Rams, in their best interest, are going to be running that running back by committee that we'll all be uh, exposed to week one. So sell Cam Akers when you can. Yeah, I slightly agree with the Cam Akers take, Mace. But I feel like before I was more agreeing with you. And now I feel like with the Stafford elbow injury, we don't really know how severe that is. And I feel like it might make a slight difference with how he does check down Stafford. And I feel like Akers is the more talented receiving back there uh, compared to Henderson. 
Uh, but I do agree with you. It's it's a notorious Achilles injury, and they're never the same players coming back from it, uh, which is also why I totally agree with your ETN take, Tyler. Um, it's a guy that I've been very high on since the beginning of this pod. We've been talking about him. Uh, it seems like every week we've talked about Ty- um, Travis Etienne in some way. Uh, but for Cam Akers, I totally do agree with you, man. Um, it's a kind of guy that we saw flashes of uh, in that one season, and then he got the sad Achilles injury. And it was a guy that we were talking about in the first two rounds of fantasy football. Uh, and maybe he'll never return to that, and that's just the sad reality of the Achilles injury. Uh, but yeah, for sure, man. So I think that wraps up for our 3-3-3 three, 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 uh, for our buys and sells. Uh, so maybe we'll just go over it quickly and then we'll maybe uh, just talk to Tyler here after. But uh, for me, uh, my three guys were buy Carr, buy Pittman and sell Hill. Uh, Mace, what were yours? Yeah, for me, I had buy Javante Williams, buy Elijah Mitchell and sell Cam Akers. And then Tyler, read us off your three. Yeah, three buys, Marquise Brown. Travis Etienne and Trey Lance. Awesome, man. Well, this is a really fun podcast, Tyler. Thank you so much for coming on, man. That was an absolute blast. Um, one more time, give us your social media handles. Shout it out to the 5050 fans, and uh, we'll get them following you here too, man. Not that you need it, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Basically, all my social medias are like Tyler Health. So I think like at IG, I, somebody already had it, so I had to put a, uh, I don't know what that. It's an underscore. Underscore. Ty- there Tyler you underscore go. Health. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> underscore. Uh, but majority of them really, yeah, Tyler Health. TikTok, uh, yeah, it's the biggest one right now. And then over on YouTube is actually, it's different. It's a Spire Sports show. So over on YouTube. All right. Awesome. Well, Appreciate everyone. you guys. Thanks for having me on. No worries, yeah, man. No, Thanks for coming that, on, that, dude. Thank you so much for coming, man. That was a really good time. I had a lot of fun recording this podcast. Um, but yeah, everyone, go over to Tyler's channels. He's got a lot of awesome content and uh, way better takes than me, than me and Mikey's. <laughs> so definitely follow, follow him if you actually want to win your leagues. But uh, anyways, like I said, a lot of fun tonight. Hope everyone has as much fun listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of 5050 Fantasy Football. I hope you all have an excellent night. Peace out. And just before you guys leave, we're proud to announce two of our new social media accounts. We are going to be posting and tweeting a lot on TikTok and Twitter. Uh, our username is as follows on both platforms. It is 5050. and 5050 Fantasy. Uh, we're happy to get in that going. We're going to be trying to post daily, semi-daily uh, TikToks. And as well, we're always on Twitter. Uh, we're always reposting, um, retweeting, should I say um football news fancy football news so make sure you guys come and give us a follow on those two and have a good rest of your evening Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.